I am so excited to be here this morning with my dear friend, sister in Christ, uh, colleague. I just cannot say enough about this amazing woman of God, Terry Atwood. Terry, good morning, and thank you for being on the broadcast. Good morning. I am so happy and honored to have you here. For many of you that do not know Terry, she is someone that you definitely want to know. She is an LPC and she specializes in the area of marriages, but she works with all types of clients and has for many years helping people get break, breaking free from whatever it is that holds them back from walking in the fullness of the Lord. Now she's got all kinds of credentials and I've got her bio in the chat stream and I'll put her website in there towards at the end of the broadcast so you know how to reach out. But I want to spend some time this morning talking about a topic that I've dealt with, she's dealt with, and many of you may have as well. So it's the topic of abandonment. We all know that when it comes down to it at the end of the day, different things and root issues that happen in our early childhood, especially during our formative years and all throughout our life can really impact us. So Terry is going to share with us this morning uh, some ways to get free from that, but also her personal struggle and probably like me, what caused her to go into counseling. <laughs> we always try to go in and, and, you know, everybody that's got a psych major or counseling major, I am certain they have been through something <laughs> because we're wanting to know, Hey, how can we get past this? Or why did this person do this? Or what's going on? So Terry, thank you again for being on here. And, and thank you for being so uh, transparent to share with us this morning. So the viewers are anxious to hear from you. So tell us a little bit about your background in that area and how it, the Lord brought you out of that. Oh, okay. Um, gosh, mine started early, early in life when I was between two and three years old. Uh, we have memories that start at about 18 months. 18 months to two years is when you have your first memories. And unfortunately, these are my first memories. Um, mm -hmm. I was one of four children. And when we were one, two, three, and four years old, our mother abandoned us. Mm -hmm. um, she apparently just walked out the door. Four children before she was 21 years old, I guess. And um, I was the little girl that stood at the screen door. And I just have this vivid image in my mind of me standing there with my hands on the door, like, where are you? Mama, when are you coming back home? Mm. And she never did. And I stood at that door and I stood at that door and I grieved probably silently inside, mostly as a two, three-year-old little girl. Wow. And she never, she never did come back. And from actually recently, I talked to my dad about it and because I've never really wanted to know details because I know it's a painful thing for him. It was a very painful time, had to be. So, but finally I asked him, I said, can you give me, I know it's hard for you and it's painful for you to bring these memories up <clears throat> but can you help me to understand so I can share with others why she didn't come back? And he said that she was young when they married. I believe she was about 16 when they married. He was 18. He went straight into the Navy and she had four children at an early age. And that was just way too much for her. I don't think she ever got to do the things that, most teenagers get to do because she was bogged down with children. 
So she decided she wanted to be with other people and party and do things that young people sometimes do. And um, so she was just overwhelmed with having four children. So she walked away. Wow. Where were you in the, uh, in the birth order? I was, um, I had an older brother and then two older brothers. And so I was the middle child. I was the third of four. Wow. So there was two boys and then two girls. Wow. That is and a lot. Oh, yeah. My brother has an image of, um, and he knows a lot more because he was older. I was between two and three. He was between five and six. You know, gotcha. we were one, two, three, and four years old. Um, so he was about five, you know, four or five. And he has a lot more vivid images of her. And so it really did impact him. Uh, at a deeper level than it even did me. I just have a few memories of her. Sure. Um, and very few pictures, actually. I have one picture of me with her. And when I was six, um, she passed away from, uh, mm -hmm. she was 27 years old and her house caught on fire. And she had another little girl three years old at that time. So she passed away in that fire. So one of the pictures that I have is an image from the Tennessee in the paper where um, there was an award that was won for the image of her body on the floor. So, you know, adding insult um, to injury. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, small children usually aren't taken to funeral homes and especially back in the early 50s and the late 50s. And um, so we never really, I never got closure. Sure. Never got closure. Um, my father did remarry when I was almost four. And um, so she became our stepmom. And I can only imagine how hard that was for her bringing in, you know, taking in, you know, four children that were not her own. And um, I'm sure there were times, and I know there were, that just because she wasn't our mother, if we got in trouble, you know, we thought she was the Wicked Witch of the Northeast, South, and West. <laughs> which she wasn't and goodness think of what a job she had to try to sure families and yeah that's that's hard enough with the dynamics of one or two children but four small children now was she also uh, around the same age as your dad was the same coping mechanisms or that you know because we all know that you know the brain science behind whenever we start to fully develop our brain and how we can have coping and, and reasoning and so forth. Yes. So you were about six. Is that what you said when she got, when they got married, how old was she approximately? I, I was about four. I was about oh, four, four when, she okay. married, when they married. Okay. Was she young also? She was, she was two years younger than my dad. So she was the same age as my mom. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was pretty courageous. Yeah, and this year they've been married in a couple of days, 60 years. Wow. <laughs> so they're, they're still alive. Um, but that theme kind of continued to show up throughout my life because when things like that happen at an early age, it creates a neuropathway yes. in your brain. Yes. That sets you up for how you make decisions, how you feel about things. Yep. Um, and, and how you protect yourself mostly. Oh, so yeah. one of the things that I noticed is that 
I have no control. As a little girl, I had no control. So the one thing that I did have control over was athletics. I come from a very athletic family. And so I threw myself into that because it's where I got my attention, affection, sure. acceptance, and approval. And um, I ran track in high school, played volleyball in college, and pre um, played pre-pro volleyball out of college. Wow. And so I just kept staying on that train you know, but I never really fixed, fixed it from the root of how do I become more secure with who I am? So it created OCD in me, obsessive compulsive disorder, sure. where I wanted to, I had to ba bounce a basketball 25 times before I could quit, or I had to make 10 free throws in a row before I could quit. I would step over cracks. If I turned around one way, I had to turn back around the other way. Sure. Finally, that um, took care of itself, I think, as I became a little bit more secure. But one of the things that happened when I became an adult is I became codependent. Yeah. And I tried to, um, I wanted people to like me because I was afraid everybody was going to abandon me. Sure. I understand that. And it did happen sometimes. Um, when I, uh, went to college, I dated the same guy all throughout college, was engaged to marry him. And, um, the only thing we didn't, we hadn't done was set up a date, but we were going to get married. Um, I had the ring on my finger. I was doing my student teaching up in Cookville at Cookville high school in uh, Tennessee. And. I found out that my fiance was dating one of my students and I actually called him and devastated again. Can you, you can only imagine what sure. happened in my neural pathway is the little girl at the screen door came back. Yes. And yeah. the same feelings happened. Right. So of course we broke up. My daddy came and got me. He's my hero and always will be. And I think most everybody, um, or I hope you were daddy's little girl because there's no greater feeling in the world than being daddy's little girl. Um, he came and got me and I went back to Nashville, came back to Nashville where I grew up in uh, Tennessee and um, started to run health clubs because of what happened to me. And that it was when I was doing my student teaching, I was uh, degreed in physical education and health education. I was going to be a physical education teacher and coach. And I did coach some, some volleyball afterwards and um, played tennis and a lot of other things athletically. But that set me up in my neuro pathway again that I don't want to go there. I don't want to teach because it reminds me and it puts me as the little girl at the screen door again. Sure. So, and here I am standing and watching what's going to happen next. So I went into the health club business and ran health clubs for several years. Wow. And then I did marry. I met a man at the health club and I did marry and we were married almost 20 years and uh, had just the perfect little church family, had two little girls um, who are now in their 30s. Goodness, um, my Jesse is, will be 29 this year. My Ashley is 33 tomorrow. Wow. And um, 
they're the, the joys of my life. And after almost 20 years of marriage, he came to me one day and he said, I know you know there's something not quite right with me, but um, I'm not happy. Um, and I've never really loved you. And so he walked away. <sighs> so as you can imagine what happened at that time, what came back? Mm -hmm. The little girl at the screen door. Sure. And um, there I was in the same position again. And that's when I realized my codependency was so strong. Yeah. Is that I knew that I had to do something to get myself on the other side of that. Sure. Because the Lord tells me, you know, of all the things that my parents did right is they took us to church. Thank you, Jesus. And yes. Bring a child up in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart from it. So That's it right. kept, coming back, kept coming back, you know, and in my first marriage, we were a perfect little church family. I, um, you know, sat in classes from uh, Kay Arthur and learned a lot about who I'm supposed to be um, as the daughter of the king and become strong in who I am according to who I belong to. And so there was another lady there. Her name is Jeannie Pearson. I will never forget her. And I'm still in contact with her today. We're good friends. We'll always be good friends. And that's the thing about me is I value friendship so much because of what I've been through. Sure. Is that once you're my friend, you are always my friend. Um, but I talked to her about my mom and how I never got closure about that. And she says, come on, we're going somewhere. I said, where are we going? She said, we're going to your mama's grave. Good for her. And she, she took me to my mama's grave and it makes me tear up now even. And I sat there and I talked to her and I told her that I forgive her. Amen. I forgive you for walking away. And I understand and that I'll see you again. I'll see you again one day. Um, you know, you think there, there will come a time that you get over the emotional part of it. Sure. And it does get easier. But you just learn to deal with it. Well, I believe it's layers and layers upon layers upon layers. I use the illustration of an, yes. uh, an onion, how when you cut it open, it's got all those layers and some are thicker and some are thinner. But, you know, whenever you have childhood trauma or anything like abandonment, you know, I had the same situation, but the flip side, you know, dad left, you know, when I was, uh, when my mother was pregnant with me, he had another woman pregnant yeah. and, you know, he left. And so I wasn't the little girl at the screen door. I was the girl out trying to, full of anger, trying to process my feelings somehow and so forth. So I get it, you know. So I was not daddy's little girl, but, you know, but I was the baby of nine. And so when we look back on the lives of our parents and we think about, no, you know, life doesn't come with uh, a set of instructions. 
It, we have the Bible to lead and guide us into all truth and everything that we go through in life, the answers are in there. But if someone is not aware of that or how to do that and they, they don't understand, like we know now, you know, like brain science and processing and, and, and how things affect children, they're just doing the best they can. And, but yet we come into adulthood with all of this junk from our childhood. And it does. I mean, there are times today that I get triggered when you, when you said, I hope you're, you know, everybody there's daddy's little girl. I thought, wait a minute. I was never daddy's little girl. You, you know what I'm saying? So what, what Terry's saying for those of you watching and those of you that have been through childhood trauma of abandonment, it is a, it is, is something that takes time, but trust the process and don't give up on it because there is a light that will shine in there that does make it easier and does make it to where you can walk it out in faith. So, oh my goodness, Terry, this is, this is very powerful, powerful stuff because people don't like to talk about this. Oh, I know it's hard. It's difficult to talk about, but you know, from this point that I've already talked about, the best is yet to come. Amen. Um, because now I I have such peace, joy, hope, freedom, and contentment in life because of Jesus Christ. Amen. And them taking us to church at an early stage of life and me standing on those promises of God and um, becoming a woman of faith and um, teaching others. So from this point forward, I am the little girl at the screen door that opens that door and says, come in, let's talk. I know where you are. I understand how you feel and I'm yes. here to help you. I had people to help me along the way and I'm here to help as well. So good. now, um, because I took that path, so many things have opened up for me. Um, now, there will always be hard things in life. You know, the Bible teaches that, that we will always, if we're Christians, we will always be persecuted and have problems. Um, and I and that does continue to happen. Um, sure. I was in a situation where my husband and I were um, worship leaders at a church. And um, something happened with someone there and they started talking about me, which it was all false and slander. But when I walked in that church, every woman's head looked down at the floor. And I tell you what, we were created to love and be loved. And when that happens to you, it's very difficult to come, to come back from it. Um, and if I hadn't had the love of Jesus and me being able to place things at the foot of a cross, as I did yeah. with my mom when I went to her gravesite, I would have a difficult time getting through it. So that's why people do have a difficult time getting through things because we're created to love. Amen. And be loved. Yes. And if so, life is about what you give, not what you get. It's about what you give. That's and good. so I have learned that you have a tribe, you know, and hopefully your family is your tribe, but in some families, your family is not your tribe. Sure. You might be outlaws and not in-laws, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> so I learned that life is not always going to be fair. Matter of fact, it will be unfair. We sure. know that for a fact. 
So if you count on that and don't have the expectation that it will be fair, it's a lot easier to get through those times. That's why I have joy, hope, freedom, and contentment in life because I can say in my mind, it's okay. You're not in my tribe. Oh, wow. That right there. That right there. I want to camp out there just for a second because we do get into trouble when we have uh, unrealistic expectations of other people. You know, we expect people that are following Christ to act like Christ, you know, like Christians, or we expect people, you know, a lot of people, and I know you've seen this in your practice and personal life and over the years of just being a Christian, that we see people that come into the kingdom of God with the expectation of, okay, I'm serving Jesus now, so everything's going to be peachy king. You know, I am a firm believer that, you know, this is in this world, you will have tribulations. Jesus said that, but he said, cheer up. I've overcome the world. And those tribulations allow us to be molded and grafted and shaped and to be able to have empathy for others that are going through similar circumstances. And in this, you know, I I love the fact that, and and for those of you that don't know, Terry and I met with our tribe. (laughs) We are in a tribe of women called Christian Women in Media. And and we are a unique group of women who love God and love media and love um, fellowship and accountability and just being there for one another, which is a beautiful thing. But not everybody has that. You have to find your tribe. Gosh, that is so good. So good, Terry. So good. So did this, it, it, whenever you, after 20 years of marriage, is that when you started getting into counseling or did you start getting into counseling at, before that? No, I, you know, I stayed home with my little girls for about 10 years. And then I knew when he left that I had to go back to work. So I prayed and I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? I was, I was looking at physician's assistant school and, but the Lord kept saying, I want you to be a marriage therapist. I want you to be a marriage therapist. And I'm thinking, (laughs) I I never imagined me as a marriage therapist, (laughs) but now I've been doing it going on 19 years. And how I came to that was I prayed and said, okay, Lord, I'm a little confused here. Um, you're going to have to slap me in the face with what you want me to do. So I was taking my older daughter who was nine at the time to gymnastics. And I said, Ashley, I think, um, mama's trying to figure out what to do for, for work. And I'm just asking the Lord to slap me in the face with it. Do I want to go to PA school or do I want to go and get my master's in counseling and be, um, a marriage therapist? And so we're coming back either that same day or the very next morning. I can't remember the exact timetable. And on the radio came an announcement, very short. (laughs) Get your master's in counseling at Trevecca University. (laughs) I looked at her and she looked at me and I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to be obedient. Even though I may not feel it at the time, I'm going to be obedient and do it. So as I'm going through the three-year process of graduate school, and I'm telling you, it wore me out. Oh, I get it. I'm old school. You know, (laughs) I'm 63 years old now, and I'm trying to go through graduate school and and type in a keyboard when I was in school was on a typewriter, not on a computer. (laughs) So the Lord brought me a partner. A wonderful person named Lisa Unger. We're still friends to this day. And she walked me through 
all the things that I had to do computer wise to get through the program, which of course now I can do it because I've had a lot of practice at it. Sure. But <laughs> it, it was difficult, but that's how I ended up in, in graduate school. Yeah, I understand that so much because I, you know, I got, I got my bachelor's in 2000, in 2000, and I was already a grown woman, you know, I had, because of the trauma, because of the life choices I had made, I had ended up dropping out of school. Uh, my last completed grade was the eighth grade. And as an yeah. adult, I went back to school, obviously got my GD, went on, you know, to, uh, took me years to get my bachelor's degree, but I did. And when I went on for my master's degree, there was just something different, you know, something totally different about it. Because yeah. as an adult, especially you're in there and you're one of the oldest people in the class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, there's that whole culture shock of, you know, being an adult in education and so forth, but it's so worth it. And, you know, and I was the same way. I had one of the worst marriages on in history. And when the Lord spoke to me about it, and then when I went on and got certified and prepared rich and all of that, started conducting marriage counseling every day, I was like, Lord, are, are you sure about this? Because I had a really crappy marriage. And then I had a friend from childhood tell me, well, why would anybody want to see a marriage counselor who had a failed marriage? And I was like, yeah, why? You know, why is that? But you know what, Terry? I think all of those years of marriage counseling definitely helped me in my current marriage because I got remarried six years ago. And it's a great marriage. Why? Because I learned all the things not to do. <laughs> and I learned all the things to do. So did you end up getting remarried? I did. I did. After about three years, there was a man at church with me named David Atwood and um, we got married and have been married now. This is our 18th year. So we're doing fabulous. You know, we, we, our marriage is up around an eight or a nine all the time. Mm -hmm. And when I do marriage counseling, I teach people how to have a good marriage. I tell yeah. them, if you're coming to me for me to solve a problem, you're coming to the wrong marriage. That's right. Come on. And if you've been with somebody for a long period of time like that, you're not being given the tools. So I give them tools to help them solve their own issues and get back out and live life and have a marriage up around an eight or a nine all the time because I teach them how to solve their issues and what marriage is supposed to look like. Yes. And I tell them there's not a 10. So don't even work for a 10 because there was only one man that was a 10 and he never got married. So, <laughs> so you're never going to be perfect at it because we're all fallible. Yes, you know, we're fallible yes. by nature as Christians. So um, we're going to make mistakes, but there is mercy and grace, and we have to learn to extend that to each other. Yes, you know there is mercy and grace, and we are going to make mistakes, but we learn from those mistakes. We learn from the tragedies in life. We learn from the trials. And we become triumphant because of that. So good. So good. So staying in those pain pockets is, is no fun whatsoever. But I got to tell you where I went also from yes. this point. When I remarried, um, I just engulfed myself in God's word. Hmm. I listened to Christian music. Now, every once in a while, I'll flip over to the hippie radio station listen to my, my good, good, good friend, Pam Case. Um, but I stay every day. I stay in the presence of. Amen. Oh, shoot. There you are. 
Hold on. We lost you for a second. Okay, because if you don't stay involved in God's word, you will sway from it slightly and can be influenced. So I stay in the word. I stay in the presence. I make sure my soul is always in the presence of the Lord. And then I listen to Moody Radio during the day. If I'm in the car going somewhere, I listen to Christian radio. I stay around Christ minded friends they're yeah. my tribe like, yes like as you know and anything else that comes in that is darkness i quickly separate myself from it so good those right there so, listen hear what she said say it again okay tell those those things because viewers need to know because they get stuck and they don't know how to get out of it that last statement as soon as darkness comes in gone i love that Right. Stay engulfed in God's word, in the things of God. Pray. Stay in the word. Listen to Christian radio and stay around like-minded friends. That's what's going to get you from point A to point B. And I want to tell you one other thing real quick of how I got there. Is there was a day that I was so, and this has been several years ago, but just God, why is, why is this happening to me? You know, why are, why do people come up against you? Well, let me tell you this. If you're in God's word, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be prosecuted. People are, are going to come after you because the enemy, if, if they're not really in depth, in depth with their sanctification, their maturity level in Christ. Right. Sometimes the mind doesn't catch up with the heart. Your heart may say, I'm a Christian and I want to do the right thing, but your mind may not allow you to. And that's why there's addictions and there's other things that enter in because the sanctification process has not caught up with the heart condition. Mm. So one day I went into my closet and I looked in the mirror. I have a full length mirror there where I get dressed. And I said, I hate you. I don't understand what it is that makes people treat you badly, treat me badly. And at that moment, I'm telling you, the Lord spoke to me. And it's as if he reached in and he grabbed me by the collar and he pulled me up and he said, no, don't you even go there. You are mine. Mm -hmm. I know the plans I have for you. Yes. In Jeremiah. 29, 11. And from that day forward, I felt like he was saying to me, you are bold. You are brave. And I created you and you are beautiful. Hallelujah. So that's where the event team came into play of bold, brave, and beautiful women's event team. And we go into churches and help women get like I was just saying, from point A to point B, because there's so many people that have gone through trauma and hard times and they're stuck yes. in it. And yes. in order for you to have freedom, peace, joy, hope, and contentment in life, we got to get you out of that. Got to get you back into God's word. Listen, watch, pray. Like the little girl at the screen door, open that door and invite people in and say, I understand. Come, let me help you. 
We need to walk along beside each other as sisters in Christ. We don't need to be gossiping and slandering them. You know, we are all God's children and all daughters of the king. We're princess warriors and we need to start acting like it. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Terry's going to get her preach on in a second. I'm telling you, that's so good. That is so good. And for those of you that have not heard, Bold, Brave, and Beautiful is absolutely amazing. Uh, Tell them about where they could get your CDs. Well, um, we have a um, a website, boldbraveandbeautiful.org, that you can go to. And if you want to book an event with us. We do women's events, uh, and actually, we've ended up doing a lot of other things besides just women events. We've spoken at and sung at the Tennessee Christian Christian Chamber of Commerce um, for fairs. Um, goodness, we've we have spoken at lots of different types of events. Even it branched out beyond <laughs> what I expected it to. Sure, but we we give our testimonies like some of mine you just heard. Um, Suzanne Carr Herring is in my group. She's a singer that came here from Dallas, Texas. Fabulous woman of faith. And yes. um, and Jennifer McGill from the Mickey Mouse Club, who was with Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, Ryan Doslin, and uh, that crew. Fabulous testimony. Yes. And um, yes. you know, we've all done speaking and singing. And, you know, because I made that turn and quit being codependent and was in the process of getting from point A to point B, the Lord opened so many doors for me. Yes. And I'm going to tell you just a few of them. Um, Jobs I never applied for. I have done over 50 marriage workshops for marriages in crisis, three-day intensives, because I filled in for someone. And actually, the Lord set that up and put me in that position. So because of that, I've worked with couples from all over the world, thousands of couples, and even in my counseling practice. And in uh, 07, I got a call from Lifeway that said, we are hiring four therapists from around the country. And we would like to know if you will pray about traveling with Beth Moore, Kay Arthur, and Priscilla Schoenberg. And I said, I will pray about that. And I said, yes, <laughs> I will pray about you know, sometimes you don't have to pray about for very long. Right. And then the economy fell in 08 and they didn't take as many people with them, but immediately Lipscomb asked if I would be a grad professor training their students coming out into the field. So for the next four years, I trained students that became therapists and have kept in touch with a lot of them um, to this day. So uh, then when I put together Bold, Brave, and Beautiful, the Lord did another God wink. I love his God winks. Yes. He put me together with Patsy Claremont. I don't know if, if all of you or some of you know who Patsy Claremont is. Yes. And I went over to her house in Franklin and sat with her for three hours as she instructed me how to put together Bold, Brave, and Beautiful event team. Wow. So those are the things that happen. When you stay in God's word and you you have the faith to understand and know that he is going to direct your path. And if yes. he puts you in that path, he's going to equip you Amen. to fulfill what he has for you. So um, 
I am so excited about the different things that God has in store for us, even during this pandemic and all of the things that are happening. God is still on his throne and he is going to um, walk us through this. It's not going to be pretty at times, I'm sure. But we know how the story ends. I know because I cheated. I read the end of the book. I know how the story <laughs> ends. We're going to be okay. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I just pray freedom. Yes. Peace, joy, hope, and contentment for everyone. And especially you women who are stuck in situations that you didn't choose. Um, you didn't really put yourself there. They just happen. They're happenings in life. Um, and those are the ones that I want to take my hurt and help you to heal your heart. Mm, wow. Wow. I do believe that whenever people have gone through some stuff, that they have an authority in that area because they understand it's a lot easier uh, to interact and minister to someone when they know they receive from someone that they know has been down that road. And you've traveled down many roads and the Lord has just, you know, gone before you and put a light on your path and said, daughter, come this way and daughter, come that way. And what a beautiful testimony of his faithfulness and his goodness. Listen, you know, if you watch this video and you want to reach out to Terry, she was in the Nashville area, but don't let that stop you if you're not in the Nashville area, because we have all this modern technology uh, available and she has a counseling practice. And I encourage you, listen, if you are looking for a women's team they, these ladies bring it and when i say bring it i mean the presence of the holy spirit is so empowering with bold brave and beautiful and i know these ladies i can vouch for them the uh you're getting more than just someone leading worship or someone you know doing the music act it's literally bringing a ministry team in to be able to encourage and inspire and lift people up and don't let it them be in you know just this is not you guys perform outside of just women's events right so like you were saying yeah. Yes. So in any type of event, if you have a church or you have a program, I encourage you to reach out to these ladies and book them because, and I know right now it's kind of difficult because of what we're going through, but listen, I just know that I know that I know that when I am listening and to the Lord through the, the lyrics and the music that comes forth, it is absolutely amazing. So, uh, Terry, I want to thank you for being on the broadcast today. I am going to put all of her information available in the chat stream. And it looks like we might have lost a camera view, but can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can, but we lost a camera view. Does someone call you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's how that happens sometimes. Okay, so listen, y'all. Um, normally, I, I end with a key of some sort but terry i'm going to ask you to just pray today instead of leaving the people with a key i would love for you to pray over the viewers and and maybe you're thinking you know listen i'm not a woman or i, I haven't been abandoned and so forth get this into the hands of someone share this with someone who needs some encouragement uh get it out to as many people as you can because someone needs to be encouraged today so terry if you could close us out in prayer i would so appreciate that I certainly will. Um, Heavenly Father, I lift up all the viewers today that have heard this um, podcast. And I know that there are a lot that are hurting out there, Lord. But I pray that you instill in them to stay with you, to stay in their word, to stay in your word and learn. You know, we learn by reading and studying. Yes. And, and help them to 
to, to get from point A to point B by putting themselves in a box, so to speak, and helping them to understand that they have to help their mind catch up with their heart and that we don't live in the past. We live in the present. We live in the future. And God reigns. Your daughters of the king and you will prevail. But you have to move in that positive direction. And if you move in that positive direction, he created you. He created you for a reason. He knows what you need. And all you have to do is ask. You do not have because you do not ask. So stay plugged into his word. Stay plugged into Moody Radio and other uh, radio podcasts and things of that nature. Things like what Maggie is doing and all of the others out there, spiritual podcasts to learn. And um, that will help you to get from point A to point B. If you want freedom in life, stay plugged into the Lord and he will guide and direct your path. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, y'all, I want you to reach out to her at bold, beautiful, bold, brave and beautiful.org or Terry, what's your website? Uh, for your practice, Terry Allen Atwood Counseling.com. Love it. And listen, y'all, I it was funny because Terry did not know that I was uh, a co. I wrote an article when she was writing an article. We both wrote an article in Lifeline magazine. You can get this online. It is a mental health uh, resource, Christian mental health through the lens of Jesus. She wrote a great article. Uh, and it is called, uh, let's see, where is that? Standing Strong, Helping Your Child Cope with Hard Times. And the reason I'm pointing this out is as many of you have your children going back to school right now. And I want to encourage you. This is the actual magazine. It is available online. But Terry has a great article in there for those of you that are helping your kids get through the difficult times. I wrote one in there on about the um, the abuser and the abused. And uh, so reach out, get that, reach out to Terry's resources. And I encourage you to definitely uh, book Bold, Brave and Beautiful because these women are, I listen, I, I know them, I know their heart and you will not be disappointed. So Terry, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I enjoyed being here with you, especially today. Excellent. Y'all listen, make sure you're on here next week. We'll have another amazing interview. And I thank you for uh, logging in for Keith, your best life. We thank you. And we pray you have an amazing day. We'll see